0: all right welcome on to our western conference over unders danny larue gonna join me here in a second we did the east earlier this week for dunked on prime subscribers of course reminder that uh, we're gonna be going back to five days a week very shortly so great time to sign up if you are not yet a, a dunked on prime member and you can also get total access which uh, includes our salary sheets chats uh, all the stuff that everyone has uh, gotten so used to during what's gonna be a full nba season with 82 games uh, in theory danny so Let's just kind of catch up uh, with people on how we're going to do this and get rolling here.
1: So we're using numbers from Caesar's sportsbook. It was sometimes it can be a challenge when things kind of spread out and there are different lines all over. So we wanted to pick a single outlet and we went with that. And um, some of the numbers that we'll often use, um, we'll use, I, I, I like... Cleaning the glasses net rating because then and you can basically project out what a team would normally win over an 82 game season or a 72 game season with that with that differential. And then because the, the reason why sometimes you look for that over a team's record or something is that because clutch performance is often the big differentiator when a team varies from this. And that generally doesn't persist year to year. It does. It's not something that teams generally do. So it can be more predictive. It can be better. And then we'll look at other factors, like if a team had anomalous opponent, three-point shooting, or you know anything else that could be fluky in there. And then at the end of it, um, we will also pick, because we we've are we already done the Eastern Conference, we'll also pick our, our five best bets for both conferences, this single over-unders, the, our five favorites.
0: Yeah, so let's begin. We're going to start at the bottom of the alphabet, uh, as we did for the Eastern Conference, with the Utah Jazz, uh, and the Jazz 51.5 over-under, notable because... Not only did the Jazz win 52 last year in a 72-game season, which would equate to a 59-win team, uh, which uh, of course led the NBA, but their expected wins were of a 66-win team. They had an 11.3 net rating, and surely you don't expect this to be quite the same magical regular season. They also, uh, it seemed like during the period early on in the year when there were a lot of blowouts that they just, certain teams just, couldn't deal with them they couldn't deal with Rudy Gobert at the rim on offense they couldn't deal with the driving kicks and all the three pointers off of pick and rolls on defense and that they just put bad teams on their ass and you know were blowing them out by 40 points and so uh keep in mind though that the cleaning the glass net rating does exclude garbage time so i mean this would basically mean that the Utah Jazz are going to be 14 wins worse in terms of their team quality compared to last year? What's the case with that?
1: Well, I, I guess there there are a couple different parts of it. So one is, yes, the Jazz had a, had a top three offense and defense last year, which is pretty incredible. Um, but they were incredibly reliant defensively on one guy, the Justified Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert. And while he has been pretty durable over the years, that is a lot of risk to take on. Also, the Jazz were extremely fortunate in terms of opponent three-point shooting. Uh, the opponent shot the second worst from three of any team in the league. The Knicks gave up the worst. And so generally, that's something teams can control less. So the idea is like if you go from 34.8% of threes to 37%, well, that, that makes a difference in terms of your defense. Um, also, it's hard. I mean, so the Jazz health last year. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley both missed about 20 games each. But everybody else of their key rotation was really healthy last year. O'Neal, Bogdanovich, Gobert. Joe Ingles, all of those guys missed five or fewer games. And so if you you know, do that in the Jazz, have players, but they aren't the deepest team in the league. So I'm guessing those would be the biggest arguments. Also, the Jazz are are on the older side. You know, Donovan Mitchell is probably the only key Jazz man that you would expect based on the age curve to be better this year than he was last year. So you have, you know, Bogdanovich, Conley, Ingles are all in their 30s. Maybe that's part of the argument as well
0: yeah and they just were an awesome three-point shooting team that's overall, true overall they got a lot better shooting threes off the dribble you know mike conley even if he's able to stay a little bit healthier it seems unlikely that he's going to be able to recreate the incredible shooting season that he had a year ago now mitchell i mean maybe he could take a, another step forward uh he could get a little better defensively that might be nice uh but yeah i mean bogdanovich gobert even you know this is his age 29 season he played seven games last year and it, now to his credit he seems to almost never get hurt lately which is nice but he expects he's gonna miss a few and then it really becomes difficult for them to defend i mean they've got a little bit more of that kind of same system now at the sun white side but uh you know we won't be comparing blancote to the or uh, to rudy gobert anytime soon defensively i mean they do have a little bit more versatility with the signing of rudy gay maybe they can do a little small ball center as well but you know george yang also shot 43 from three last year um so i'm not sure that rudy gay is going to be able to repeat that i think they're going to miss some of the offensive finishing of Derek favors as well so i you know i think there's an argument that they could be a little bit worse when you consider the health and just the performance and maybe the the departure of niang and favors but i mean their system just works in the regular season and i think the fact that the jazz you know they were dominating all year but they also won six fewer games than expected i think that that is just obscure obscuring how unbelievably down and of course that second round loss as well how unbelievably dominant they were in the regular season um you know backup point guard is maybe a little bit of an issue so you know if, if Mitchell or Gobert or Conley were to miss significant time they, they might run into some issues but I, I think they just they just house bad teams and I think this is looking as probably one of my best bets for the overall I would say
1: it, it is one of it will be one of my best bets as well and the other factor that we should mention here because the two teams that are effects are both in the Western Conference is that the Jazz are one of only two teams that has a have a consistent measurable home court advantage because of the altitude they play at and and so that means irrespective of, of how good the Jazz are at a given year, then you're going to altitude. And now that we're at a full season, you know, we'll see what the the rest patterns and all of that are like. But, yeah, I think that is a that is a, a another advantage that the Jazz have over other teams. And I was looking back to try to find, you know, using that aforementioned cleaning the glass net rating kind of conversion. The last team that had a differential about it, a 51 51- win pace, it doesn't happen all the time just because it didn't happen, it was the 18-19 uh, the Celtics and Blazers were about that level. And so it's like, okay, yeah, maybe the Jazz can underperform it. Maybe they're like a 53-win team that just loses a couple of close games. But like, they're better than that team was. Like, it's not, I don't even think it's particularly close. And the other thing with the Jazz, I mentioned how they stayed healthy, but it is true that they also had two significant injuries, both of which occurred overlapping. So that helped make things yeah. a little bit harder for them. Th- they that were thing-
0: saved during that period, though, by just how many teams were were just tanking down the Yes.
1: End. Yeah, they they did get some that that is a good point to mention. They did get some good fortune that way. So we both have the over for the Jazz. We can move on alphabetically to the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs last year were 33 and 39, but they underperformed their point differential. They had the differential of a 38.5 win team over an 82 game season. They lost a lot of their veterans, including DeMar DeRozan, Patty Mills, and Rudy Gay, and replaced them, you know, kind of with, with Doug McDermott and a few other things, but not as you know, they didn't, they didn't fully bring back the cupboard, but Vegas is extremely low on them, and put their line all the way down at 29.5 wins for this 82-game season.
0: Yeah, this is another candidate, I think, to be a best bet for me going over this 29.5, because the Spurs are just going to be really good defensively, and I think that's what is missing here, if you just go up and down the line Dejounte murray might be the best defender in the league at point guard uh certainly in the in the regular season uh as like a ball hawk i I mean he that one game that you and i did for the nba cast i will remember for the rest of my life when he had eight steals against the warriors uh and basically just won the spurs that game um you know Derek white hopefully they'll get a better season from him he's a wonderful defensive guard uh kelton johnson and devin vassell are probably going to play a fair amount on the wing Jakub pertle is probably a top five room protector in the nba at this point in time and, and has some pretty decent mobility so i do see these guys struggling pretty significantly to score but I, I mean i think this is looking like a top 10 defense at least to me right
1: i i agree and they the spurs lost their worst defender who was demar Derozan, and he was a starter who was important to their team and you know part of why their offense is going to really suffer this year but that is a you know that that could make them even more stronger sometimes the weakest links affect it more i don't know how much he's going to play for them because i'm convinced they'll get traded at least by the deadline but thaddeus young is another damn good defender who is in greg popovich rotation and i wanted to mention greg popovich too because he has done a good job making defenses with limited personnel and this sure as hell limited personnel so yes san antonio's offense could be could be challenging and tying back to something that we discussed in the west or sorry in the east over-unders it is challenging sometimes for teams that are to go over for a team that might not make the playoffs or the play-in just because there are things dragging them down you have a worse record it can improve your pick. but first of all i think the spurs could firmly be in the play-in mix like i don't think it, even though the west is going to be strong i think that they could their defense is going to be good enough that they can at least be trying for a while like maybe they're maybe they're still in it in march and, and everything like that and and also like lottery reform for teams in the middle I don't think it's going to be as aggressive, and they have Greg Popovich as their coach, so I think it would be it would be different for the Spurs to tank, and they have a lot of really good players. So are they going to you know lead heavily on Josh Primo in that last like couple weeks of the season? Maybe, but like there aren't there aren't that many guys in this team that they could just throw it to. Maybe maybe we'll see what, what Luka Shamanich is like, but I think they'll be I think they'll be meaningfully better than this.
0: Yeah, I don't know that they'll. Uh, I mean, I could see them dropping down offensively; they're 18th last year, but I think they're 13th on defense. I think they're going to be improved. They else Rudy Gay is another guy is not really a very good defensive player he he's gone as well I think you know they're going to get some internal improvement from some of these guys and you know backup center they've got some question marks there but they can maybe Young will play there or they can cobble it together with Zach Collins and Drew Eubanks and Jock Landale I think you give them some like okay minutes there Um, but I mean, really among the guys who are going to play on this team, the only one you look at as, as a poor, I guess there's two poor defensive players. One is Forbes. And the other one is McDermott. And so they are going to have to miss a match to get enough shooting out there. Uh, I do think their second unit could miss Patty Mills. I mean, I think the second unit could really struggle uh, offensively as well. So, you know, I mean, this is probably looking like a bottom 10 offense. And, you know, maybe if they really struggle, it drops down into the the bottom five. But, you know, I think they can get enough of these mid range jumpers from some of these guys that, you know, Popovich can put them in position to succeed relative to their skill set. So, you know, do I think? they'll be over 500 no i don't but i think this is going to be a good enough defensive group that under 30 wins seems too low to me uh, for sure
1: right and one way to calibrate this is that last year the team with the closest you know prorated differential to to what the spurs would need here is the detroit pistons and while the pistons underperformed their differential last year i mean i think it's like by a significant margin i think the spurs team is meaningfully better than the pistons last year in terms of talent so that's a good that that's kind of a good reason yeah. to, to think about the over here and I just I just don't
0: see them tanking down the end. I mean, maybe maybe they could they would do it, but I mean it's just it's not something they've done if they're just totally if they're even close to the play-in, like I think they're gonna play it through.
1: I agree. Let's jump to the Sacramento Kings. The Kings last year were thirty-one and forty-one, but they actually outperformed their points differential by one of the larger margins in the league. They were the sixth highest differential there. Um they they had the differential of a thirty 2.7 win team. So they were, you know, that's that's a pretty significant downgrade. Um and Vegas is optimistic despite Sacramento not really changing their roster too dramatically that they will do better because it's 35 35 and a half wins. And I think there are reasons to be optimistic. The Kings are a pretty young team. I mean, De'Aaron Fox. This will be his age twenty-four season. Halliburton twenty-one. Bagley, however much he plays, twenty-two. One of their biggest weaknesses last year was centers that aren't Rashawn Holmes, and they added Tristan Thompson. They added they Alex. They added Penn. some centers. They they added like six of them. And some of the other players they they lost weren't like DeLon Wright wasn't a huge part of of their success last year. And Corey Joseph before that trade was was not particularly either. Um, and Bielitza, you know, he had. Been pretty marginalized at that point. So, like, in terms of talent in, talent out, I think you can make an argument that the Kings got slightly better, but their defense, I think, I mean, their defense was so abysmal last year, especially in the time that Rashawn Holmes didn't play. And then, well, I'll let you talk. I've talked long enough about the Kings.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I, the hope is they're not going to be 30th again defensively. I mean, they were, you know, every year we say this because offense is going up, but whoever the worst defense is, the worst defense in NBA history, they don't have a new coach, but they do have. Davion Mitchell who I think is going to be a positive there maybe even although you know we've seen guys sort of along his lines like Avery Bradley although I think Mitchell is even a step above Bradley you know kind of do some really impressive stuff pressuring on the ball but you know not really doing much of the team level so I'm not going to say that a six foot tall rookie is going to come in and completely revolutionize this defense but Tyrese Halliburton will get a little bit better Buddy Heald maybe won't play quite as much they might play Harrison Barnes and Moharkless together holmes is a solid defensive center they can come in with thompson and land i mean those are at least like somewhat adequate bagley's role seems like it's probably going to be somewhat minimized so you know i i still would i want to project them getting out of the bottom five no i don't think so uh just because of how bad they were last year and, and the coach has not changed but I, I don't think they're going to be so awful. I thought they were over their heads last year, offensively. Um, Agreed. And, you know, they do have some good shooters on this team. They're, you know, Hal Burton is a really, really good shooter, and so, so is Buddy Healed. You know, it, Harrison Barnes, I thought, had kind of a, I wouldn't say a career year because some of those Dallas years, he was scoring a lot, but you know, a career year for him in Sacramento, I expect him to take a little bit of a step back and or get traded. Um, now, clearly, since time immemorial, the mandate has been, To push for the playoffs, the difference is that they almost always were so far away by the end that they accepted reality and started playing more young guys but this year the lure of the play-in will always be there and that's part of why they went over last year was because they were quote-unquote going for the play-in they had these win streaks where they would win a bunch of close games in a row and everyone would get excited but yeah i mean it's worth noting that these guys were at the point differential of what what did you say it was a 32 and a half win team or something last year yeah so i don't really see exactly why they're three wins better maybe fixing the backup bigs and uh fox and halliburton getting better and you know maybe healed can bounce back a little bit uh but i expect that Barnes, yeah good
1: in terms of health they had a lot of guys that missed like 10 to 15 games so if maybe you think some of those guys go to 5 to 10 or something like that then that could help um and and you know they have there's a lot of they have a lot of potential for internal improvement and not as many guys going out of the aging curve you know there aren't that many old guys on the kings so that's that's a potential Uh, potential i mean the big thing
0: though if you just like go through the western conference and rank the talent it's just like they're kind of where they've always been right i mean you know maybe you could say they've leapfrogged the spurs now but you know i don't see them finishing didn't they finish ahead of new orleans last year um you know i don't see them doing that again this year
1: they they those teams tied at 31 and
0: 31 uh you know memphis should be a little bit better you would think eh, maybe maybe they won't be i don't know we'll talk more about them in in a second but it just and there are a lot of injuries in the west last year as well It, it just seems like You know, this was a team that was relatively healthier, I think, than most teams, and they were trying every night, at least on offense, and they were pushing until the end. And it just seems like over the course of an 82-game season with all the talent in the league, like this is just not one of the better teams. And so it's, it's just hard for me to see them, like I would say, for example... I like the wolves significantly more than the king this year. I think the wolves have a lot more talent. I think they have a better coach. So just where they're kind of placing in in the West, like it sort of makes sense. Like, okay, maybe they could get around this. But I mean, put it this way, Danny. Right, this is another one where your test of are they going to get to you know what is their upside versus what is their downside, and you kind of average that out. And to me, that gets me less than thirty five. Like, like I don't see them getting more than forty one wins under any circumstance.
1: Yeah, it's like if you want to go five over, which is more plausible. them going five overs so that'd be like 40 41 wins or five under so 30 31 wins so for me it's 30 31 pretty easily yeah. like now, that now,
0: and keep in mind here too I, we haven't said this caveat yet that when we're talking about this we're talking about you know what is the actual quality of the team right like because if you say oh, I, all right i don't see the kings getting to 41 wins all right if they have the point differential of a 36 win teams they win five games more than expected don't come at me saying oh yeah there's no way they could have gotten it. we're talking about just like the actual team quality here obviously any team in theory could have plus or minus five wins one way or another just due to luck over the course of the season
1: yeah and and on that note last year in a shortened season four different teams had different had had uh differentials of five or more over their expected win total so yeah it does
0: I'm very i'm very interested to see you know we the play-in was the first really last year we but it was also a 72 game season and it was also covid so how is kind of getting back to normal this year that there'll be a little bit more time as well by the end for teams to kind of fall out of that play-in race which there wasn't in the 72 game season i think generally players will play a higher percentage of games this year it was more compacted in terms of the schedule even though it was only 72 games you had guys missing time due to COVID you had guys getting injured because they're playing bigger roles because the other guys missed time due to COVID and so I think this season's gonna be a little bit more normal than last year was you know some of the these lines kind of indicate that everyone thinks oh yeah the regular season doesn't matter and I think even an article on ESPN talking with someone from seasons about why the lines are so compacted it's just like oh yeah regular season doesn't matter anymore that's why you know the highest is Brooklyn with 54 and a half wins I think that that getting back to our first normal season in three years, I think that's still going to be a trend, but I don't think it's to be as extreme
1: as it's been the last couple. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. So we're we're both going under, correct? Oh yeah. We can move to the Portland Trail Blazers. The Blazers last year finished forty-two and thirty. And pretty close to their differential, the differential of a 46.8 win team roster is somewhat similar to last year. Remember, they got they swapped Norman Powell for or they got Norman Powell in exchange for Gary Trent Jr. Midway through the season. They traded Derek Jones Jr. and some picks for Larry Larry Nance Jr., which I think is going to be a big help. And there is still the uncertainty swirling around Damian Willard, but for me, I mean, the, the basic here is that last year the Blazers had the differential of a 46.8 win team when they had the second worst defense in the league, including horrendous bench defense. And not every part of that is fixed, but the Cantor-Melo minutes are gone, and while that could lead to some reduction in their offensive efficacy, I think there's more ground to gain improving on defense than there is ground to lose weakening on offense.
0: Yeah, I haven't totally finished this hour. I, you know, I won't do it until the very start of the season when we go through all the team previews but I mean, to me this is a team that when damian lillard has been healthy has looked like a top five offense and yeah the bench offense may not be quite as good but i think you know they're, they're gonna be firmly in that mix with some of the other top offenses um i don't think they made enough changes yeah they brought in. Well, a, a, yeah go
1: ahead nate one stat on that in the last 8 years Portland has had a top 7 offense 6 times yeah and i believe at least one of the two years that they didn't lillard miss significant time yeah so 43 and a half i mean it seems like they're
0: around this range every year uh it, it seems like i always end up going the over on portland i mean i'm kind of leaning that way again this year i was seduced a year ago by some of the defensive changes that they made they those obviously did didn't work, although uh, worth noting that when they had Nurkic and Covington out there, they actually defended just fine. It was just the bench that was terrible. Now, though, I think uh, their bench defense uh, should be relatively adequate. You know, Cody Zeller, I think, is an underrated pickup. He's probably an above average defensive center for us, a backup. Uh, getting Nance Jr. in there uh, as well um you know Norman Powell at the three you know they're one through three are still pretty miserable as far as the starters but having Nance as a sub I think is good now Nance and Covington and Nurkic like those guys could miss time and that's maybe where things can kind of fall apart Anthony Fi- Anthony Simon still really sucks on defense so does Ben Macklemore who they brought in Tony Snell is you know pretty blah there uh, he's probably gonna get some minutes as a backup so you know I don't think they're gonna be world beaters but you know could they get in? into, like, the high teens, low 20s you know i think that's realistic and i think they're gonna be top five uh, on offense so that to me is gonna get them to more than 43 and a half wins i'm not um I'm, I'm not going towards the stratosphere with these guys and i also worry that you know lillard just can't continue to play at quite this level you know I, we've said that the last two years that it's like because he keeps getting better every year and then you're like well wait a minute like he, he has to start getting worse at some point but uh shooting does age pretty well uh cj looked really bad in the playoffs i thought he never really looked in great shape after coming back from that foot, uh, what kind of year he has, I think is going to be really important
1: but CJ after that start he only played uh, it was a 40 47 games last year and Nurkic only played 37
0: right yeah he had the wrist issue so um I think though that because of the way they went out to Denver in the playoffs and because of the negative pub with Lillard and maybe a thought that he could again ask for a trade obviously if that happens then you know they're gonna go under but they'll go under whatever the fuck their line is <laughs> if he
1: yeah they would have and they would have already been going under is my kind of thought on it like I don't yeah. think the I don't think the Blazers are going to trade Damian Lillard if they're over five hundred and they're competing in the West. Like Yeah, maybe th- this I mean, year. I think they might in the offseason, but I don't think they would during
0: the year. Well, I mean, it, it's really what's gonna matter is whether he asked for a trade or not. I mean, if they're five games over and they're and it's just not happening for them. Yeah, you know, I mean, because that's a thought on this, right? Is that you know you are they really gonna like what's gonna be good enough for Damian Lillard at at this point in time? Is it gonna be good enough? Like, I mean, I think unless if they're not on pace for home court advantage then maybe he does ask for the trade and then you know so i am not sure about that actually danny that he wouldn't ask for the trade unless it looked like they were going under anyway because i think finally his standards are a little bit higher you know if this just looks like yet another one of these same years that they've been having all these times then maybe it's a a little different so so that is a risk here like this isn't going to be one of my best bets to go over but i I think i don't want to price in like him getting traded i don't think that's like a good way to do things i think you just got to try to make the decision based on who's av- available and what you think that group is going to do so i i think that you know i mean it's one thing if we're talking about philly where ben simmons is like yeah i'm not even going to be in camp but here i i think i will go over
1: i'm going over as well i think i'm a, a little more confident in it than you but i'm also not sure i'm going to put it one of my best bets we'll see I'll, i'll, I'll shake all that out when we actually get there um, instead, we can go to the Phoenix Suns, the reigning Western Conference champions. The Suns last year had the differential of a, uh, uh, sorry, they won, they went 51 and 21. They had the differential over an 82 game season of a 56 win team, and they are going to be without Dario Saric for the year. But they didn't have any what I would call high end departures. They lost a couple of smaller guys, and they got, they brought JaVale McGee, Alfred Payton, Landry Shamet in a trade. And Vegas is negative on negative on where they're going to go because it drops all the way to 50.5 wins. I think a part of that is because the Suns were so incredibly healthy last year during the regular season bridges booker paul ayton all played 67 or more games so they missed five or fewer which is crazy they did have some yeah. some injuries lower in the rotation and, and, but and like, health having
0: good health like that was an even greater advantage than it normally is because everyone else was dropping like flies
1: exactly so that's going to be, so so the idea is basically that if they're missing one of those guys for an extended period that that would that makes things a lot harder for the Suns, and they don't they have creators on this team but especially if it were one of paul or booker that would make life significantly more challenging for them than the Suns faced last year that said like I mean you you talked about this a little bit when we were getting into the jazz like the Suns last year they were one of those they were one of the other teams that was top 10 in both offense and defense and if they stay reasonably healthy I fully expect that to be the case again they have the creators the top end creators to be a capable offense and they have the depth there they have plenty of shooting on this team and yes they'll miss Sharich and those Sharich at center lineups were some of my favorite regular season ones last year and they're going to replacing that with JaVale it compresses the spacing a little bit but I think they're they're enough there and then defensively they have they have talented players I mean Aiton has taken some real strides forward Bridges is one of my favorite perimeter defenders they have Paul who's one of the better defensive guards and the Suns did benefit from pretty weak opponent shooting but not like horrendous they were towards the bottom but not all the way there
0: yeah if they go under how do you think it happens for for them I mean there were sixth on offense and sixth on defense last year and had a plus 6.2 net rating that was third in the NBA
1: well health is the most obvious way that they just that they take a, that they do a step there I would say that it's probably actually defensively rather than offensively because I mean if assuming health is not the part of it because I didn't think that either Chris Paul or Jevin Booker were like particularly world beaters by their standards last year offensively I, I thought that you know by they both had kind of weird starts and I mean I didn't have I believe I didn't have either of them as an all NBA player last year. And I mean Booker looked like he was gonna reach that level at a couple different points, and Paul has of course been that player before. I might have had C P there. I can't remember exactly. Um but so maybe the shooting, their crazy shooting takes a little bit of a step back. Maybe they're not getting they're, they're really low in terms of free throw attempt rate maybe if the shooting tones down that gets them a little bit worse but I mean they're an extremely talented team
0: yeah I did think that they were above their heads with the bench defense in particular and you know I'm not sure that JaVale McGee is gonna uh, be a guy who's gonna push them to that kind of performance again you know defensive rating per nba.com with Dario Saric on the floor most of which was played with him as a small ball center it was 104 wow and you know Cam Johnson had a 106.5 defensive rating you know so so some of these numbers with what they did you know jay crowder played a lot of bench minutes you know he, his defensive rating is 108 i just don't think they can quite hold up that that way defensively i think that they are you know again because they were so healthy because they had a good system and smart players you know i do think chris paul will take a little bit more of a step back this year you know i think deandre ayton can get better and maybe booker can as well this team is going to be a little tired i think too because they played so late and this is a short season. off season again. Yeah. Yeah. And Booker then went immediately to the Olympics, uh- as well it does seem too low though right 50.5 uh you know it, right it like I,
1: I expected low. to pick the suns under but i thought that was going to be under like 55 or 54 not under 50.5
0: yeah i mean and i think this team is going to be you know, right around where they were last year i mean maybe they don't win I, I guess another reason to believe in them too is chris paul teams generally win more games than expect you know that's one of the he's one of the few guys out there that you think a team might consistently overperform their point differential because he's just he and his teams usually do very well in the culture That's even going back to his new orleans days maybe there's a little bit less so in with the clippers so I, i'm not putting a ton of stock in that but as a tiebreaker um you know i think i might bump that up uh to to say over but i'm, I'm not as confident as some. I, I mean i expected to go under as well uh but it, it surprised me how much kind of regression uh, was baked in here and yes i do think that just night to night winning games this year is going to be tougher uh and the health thing like th- that's definitely reason to expect some regression but they also got some young guys on this team who i think are going to get better too so I, I this is a tough one for me i think i will go with the over though
1: yeah i'm going with the over as well i i feel good about it but i don't know that i feel good about enough about it to be putting it in the best bets we'll we'll get there when we get there um but i i think the suns and maybe some of it that vegas was pricing in is just that sometimes when teams bounce when teams rise this high then they take a step back but there's a difference between taking a step back and taking this far of one but we can move to the Oklahoma City Thunder Uh, the Thunder last year uh 22 and 50 but they outperformed their point differential by the largest margin in the entire NBA they were 8.3 8.3 wins better than we would have expected because they had a negative 11.3. Um, you and I were dealing with the drama of their over under all year. They ended up going under. Uh, um, but they had the differential of a 15.7 win team. Now, the other important factor that, to that's consider. That's
0: over 82 games or over, over 82 games. Oof.
1: Um, another factor to consider, which is a part of why some might want to go over this fort, 22.5, is that when Shea Gilges Alexander started, they were 16 and 19 and so that is of course significantly better than a 23 win pace but the thunder are also like they're one of the few teams in the nba that are unambiguously not really trying to win in the present as good as shea has been what they're going to be given that? their uh, roster yes well well so
0: actually let's this will be this is a useful exercise here let's uh let's discuss who plays for the oklahoma city thunder uh your point guard depth chart tayo maldon josh giddy i guess is a point guard Ty i'm thinking Chiro.
1: of him as a, i'm thinking of him as a two three because defensively i think I, I think he's gonna
0: play a lot yeah uh yeah i mean he's probably gonna start for them like you don't draft a guy number six in the position there and he doesn't start uh so shay so i mean he probably will be their point guard. actually it'd probably be him Shea, and lou Dort starting at the one through three you agree with me on that i do then they got trey Mann coming off the bench they still got tayo maladon uh, ty jerome might get some tick for them as well uh small four backup small four they got poku Um, I would say uh, Aaron Wiggins is probably the most promising of their backup small forwards. Uh, power forwards projecting as some of the absolute worst in the NBA. Darius Baisley, who you know showed some promising moments last year, but also statistically had a horrendous season. Uh, Kendrick Williams, who you know can easily be shut down if he starts actually playing well again. Like or he's.
1: I think he's going to end up on another team.
0: Maybe. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that other teams are interested in, though, which I think they should be, honestly. But uh, you know, they also got uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Mike Muscala, who was actually a big part of them kind of overperforming earlier in the year and then uh, was shut down with uh what was clearly a very severe ankle sprain uh at for the last uh oh whatever it was 45 games of the season or something (laughs) and and then uh you know Derek Favors you can easily imagine that you know he'll be on the Al Horford plan at most uh probably is going to get moved at at the deadline so I mean their front court just sucks it is so bad
1: and there isn't an expectation that Sam Presti is going to devote the resources to improving it in season i don't think he's going to see that as an organizational imperative let's put it that way yeah and i, I mean
0: let's you know if you're comparing them to last year i mean let's not forget you know horford the first half of the year which was a lot of when shea was playing you know, a horford, lot of when
1: they got wins
0: yeah horford was playing some games i mean george hill played some then he had the thumb issue um i don't know who else was on this team last year was there anybody else good that i'm not thinking of
1: Svi Diallo. i mean was Svi Diallo. <laughs>
0: yeah 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 uh mostly Diala that he got traded for speed but then, yeah, yeah. That, that that's great uh yeah i'm trying to think of who else yeah i, I mean they didn't have much else here honestly um that, who really helped them and, and again they were so far over so so this is really i mean yes shake jill Alexander alexander's pretty good i also have some thought that he might have shot the ball a little bit over his head last year uh on some of those off the dribble threes i think i'm gonna go under danny
1: i am too oh and oh no because the basic the basic question is are do we expect the thunder to be one of the three to four worst teams in the nba and my answer is yes partially because they want to be and well
0: and, and also like i think giddy is going to be really bad yeah. uh you know he'll show some flashes and it's going to look good because he's tall and he can dribble he can throw some passes but he is going to score
1: yeah the, the really idea of him helping winning basketball rather than him like like that's, yeah. oh he, uh, and,
0: and he's gonna i mean these guys don't really have a path to being good defensively I would say either I mean they're just like
1: the they've got a
0: few athletes but like you know it's like Dort and you know basically that's it like maybe you know favors favors kind of slip
1: like the other argument I guess you could say for the over is that I think Mark Dagnall is a good coach I think he you know I think he did a good job when when, with the players that he the situation that he had last year but is that in a circumstance where he's going to do like the Steve Clifford raise the hell out of the floor of their defense no I don't think so I mean maybe he raises the floor of their defense all the way to like
0: 25th i'm so disappointed that we're on the same side of them this year
1: yeah i mean that was pretty that was pretty damn fun but well not for me eventually (laughs) but early it was fun um, but but I mean like because that's that's really the question. This came up with them, and I mean we were on different sides of Orlando when we recorded that. But like the, that's the really basic question you're asking when an over under total is this low, and they're not the only team whose over under total is this low or in this in this ballpark that we'll discuss. Is is will they be there? And for OKC, they are from on, from a talent perspective, despite how good Shea is, they're still one of the worst teams in the league, and they'll be a disaster when he's off the floor. But also just i mean Shea, as talented as he is i don't think that he is at the level where he can basically raise all boats especially with orford not being there anymore yeah. so yeah in fact
0: I, I thought that was the one thing and now i mean they have no shooting at all right on the team last year either um and i mean what did he played like 800 minutes last year or something like um and they paid him to like i i think they're and, uh, and Shea also, played,
1: he played 1200 minutes last year
0: okay sorry um but i think also after their terrible lottery luck this year because they won too many games at the beginning I I think they will be more judicious about rest early on as well and uh let's uh let's move on here who's next so so that's under 20 oh it's 22 and a half huh
1: yeah which is super low
0: 23 for some reason
1: no and that's and that's part of why it's not gonna be one of my best bets like I'm'm yeah. I'm i torn on this is that that's so low
0: um I I mean yeah they're just they're gonna be so bad though I I, I just 22 I'm actually slightly tempted to go over but do do it. <laughs> Do
1: it. Come on, Nate. We
0: need more disagreements, too, actually. I
1: know. So, right, so, I, I'm going to so hold start- this i'm gonna hold this
0: i'm gonna hold this in abeyance until the end let's see i I may be feeling like i need to get another another disagreement all right yeah we'll we'll put it as TBE for now Uh, let's get to the pels though here at 40 and a half
1: yes so the the new orleans pelicans last year um they had a 31 and 41 record but they had the differential of a 39 win team over an 82 game season they underperformed their point differential by the fifth most in the entire nba Changed over their roster pretty significantly. They lost Lonzo Ball in that sign-in trade. They traded Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe for Valanchunas. They brought in Devontae Graham and Saturansky and Garrett Temple. And Vegas thinks they're going to be better. Even then, their the uh, differential that they underperformed, their over-under is set at 40.5.
0: Yeah, Willie Green is now their coach. And as much as Stan Van Gundy, uh, obviously things didn't work out. But, I, I mean, I don't think that they upgraded it coach necessarily. I thought Stan did a pretty decent job with the point design stuff. I assume Green will continue that. Um, but, but Well, I mean, I I would, what, I, yeah. I'll i
1: counter that. I think that what, the biggest disagreement that I had with Van Gundy was that he went for the Bucks style defensive style concept without having the rim protector that the bucks the rim yeah. protection that the bucks do the, they
0: and evolved that, away from that a little bit um they did. but but here's the thing though danny like i think they have worse defensive personnel this year i think I is worse than Stephen adams
1: i valentineus was better than adams last year but i don't know that that's a always defense, the case though, i don't yeah it's I don't. it's i mean the, the grizz were able to stick it out better than i thought they were i
0: i, I mean i i don't i didn't think it was valentineus doing that i, I think Stephen adams better
1: well and better, you could make an interesting argument center is the most important defense position that like in terms of like let's say like RPM and EPM and all those that Adams took the brunt of New Orleans defense being shitty and Valanciunas got the lion's share of the credit of the Grizzlies defense being better even though maybe it was other parts like that's a fair argument
0: yeah now you know who knows what's happening with Jackson Hayes this year I mean I guess he'll be slightly improved uh they they don't really have any kind of a backup power forward I guess that's going to be Brandon Ingram um you know I, I mean can Green get Ingram and Zion to defend better than they have I mean they're getting they're a little older maybe they'll be a little bit better uh but obviously Devonte Graham and Kyra Lewis are a big downgrade from what Lonzo Ball was giving him at the point um you know Josh Hart will be back although he missed a bunch of time down the end Trey Murphy is a rookie I think he could maybe help Sadoransky and Temple you know are kind of solid system defensive vets that they didn't have last year so I mean I guess you want to say maybe they're about the same in terms of personnel as they were last year is, is that's reasonable
1: I think it's reasonable but I would say they're a little bit worse. But I think that it might fit together a little better, but I think overall talent, I think they're a little bit worse.
0: Yeah. And before they really started breaking out the tank in like the last five games of the year, they actually had shown some strides uh, under Van Gundy and and were defending better. I mean, they were one of the worst in the league over the first half of the year or so. But I mean, I don't see this team being a top half of the league defense under almost any circumstances and probably their bottom 10. I I don't see it likely that they're going to be much above that. So uh Then the question becomes, how good are these guys on offense? and you know that that's a question what were they last year offensively
1: 12th overall I
0: think they can probably improve on that I think you know Devonte Graham is better offensively than I think what they had at point guard a year ago he also gives them you know, off the dribble three point shooting which is not something that they've really had either now you know Kyra Lewis and Nikhil Alexander Walker is you know David Griffin presumably one of his beefs with Van Gunning is he didn't play those guys enough and so are those guys now going to be playing are they going to be good are they going to be pretty inefficient yeah i don't know you know graham at least can shoot though at point guard which is nice um I think they should overall have a little bit more shooting than they did last year. Valanchunas is a offensive upgrade, I think, quite a bit on Adam. Yes. Um, you know, as a finisher, sc- uh, screen setter, they're about the same, but he's a solid role man. Hopefully, he and Zion can be staggered a little bit. Uh, but you know, if Zion is also controlling the ball up top, then you can get away a little bit more with playing a center uh, who can't shoot.
1: Oh, but Nate, you're forgetting about Valanchunas' force spacing.
0: Yes, of course. Uh, my apologies uh yeah unfortunately i'm i'm not important enough for uh david griffin to mention that i should put that in a tweet otherwise i i would be seeing that as well so david if you're listening please make sure make sure that you uh you message me so I, so i don't forget about that uh, the next time i discuss your team um this is a tough one I mean 40 and a half again though I just think it always seems to go wrong somehow for these guys it, it just Z- the other thing we're forgetting too is Zion was totally healthy all year yeah he, Zion he, goes so down, he, he, missed,
1: he missed he sure. missed 11 games last year um and 11 is you know well and
0: some of those were you know I think he probably missed like five at the end of the season I want to say right something when like they were that, once they were done yeah, yeah like, during
1: the competitive portion of the season he yeah. he was out there he was out there a lot ingram he was, played a
0: lot of minutes too. Like, like, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm hopeful that he's going to be able to just, you know, this is what he's going to be now and he's healthy again. But I don't know if I want to count on that necessarily.
1: Yeah. So for me, the, the biggest argument that they go over, well, there are two. Maybe there are some modest defensive improvements just because they were so bad a lot of last year. And they improved that even over the course of the year. Um, and that Zion takes another step forward. At that point, Zion, and I mean, he's incredible. And this will be his age 21 season. So like there's there could be a lot of room room there. And also the organizational incentives. I mean, David Griffin might be GMing for his job. So if they need to give up some of their draft pick war chest to get better, I think that Griffin would not hesitate to do it. However, I'm going to fall back when I'm really torn, which I am on this line. I think this is a well set one. I I fall back on a couple of different tests, a couple of different kind of concepts that we've used over the years and over-unders. And one of them is the five games over, five games under. So do I think it's more likely that the Pelicans win 45 or 35? 35 for me. And the other one is that for teams, I think it's easier for things to go wrong than go right just because I think it's more likely that either a player doesn't, doesn't live up to expectations or people get hurt because you can't really replace that in the same way than that guys are awesome. Like there's just when we think we have a good read on a team, there are more ways that it can go kind of wrong than right. And Zion is one of the r- ways that it can go right so I'll go under but I don't feel great about it
0: yeah and I think the easiest way as you mentioned that we get egg on our faces for this one is that Zion just takes another step forward and just looks awesome and and that's very much possible I don't think they put him in the greatest position to succeed but I think they have just you know a little better role players a little bit better shooters you know they don't have Eric Bledsoe playing 71 games at 30 minutes a game this year right they, they they'll they only have one non-shooter on the floor aside from Zion as a Opposed to two, a lot of the time, you know, unless you know Najee Marshall is not a great shooter, he, he might get some playing time. But, um, so yeah, I, I think this one is pretty close, but I will go with the under, um, you know, and the Zion health thing is probably what most pushes me down there a, a little bit.
1: So we can jump to the Minnesota Timberwolves, they finished 23 and 49 after an incredibly challenging season, both due to Carl Anthony Towns' personal and physical challenges, but also just they fired their coach midseason, they had a ton of injuries the differential of a 26 win team and vegas is optimistic that they will improve on that their over under is 33.5
0: yeah and the biggest reason for optimism is just how they played under chris finch you know they're close to i think a 500 team under finch and when they got everyone back as well when d'angelo russell came back uh anthony edwards is going to be much better this year you know what he did in the second half of the year was encouraging maybe a little overrated but he's not going to just completely kill these guys the way he did the first half of the year and you know part of that was because they just didn't have anyone else and carl anthony towns is missing a bunch of time as well you know this is one where i really would have liked to seen them in preseason and like all right what kind of shape is carl anthony towns coming in you know does it look like edwards has taken another step forward those uh, sorts of questions now the big problem for them is that they just have no fours still on this (laughs) team uh they might even have even fewer fours than they had last year somehow
1: yeah i mean i think they're going to be leaning on jade mcdaniels and jared vanderbilt quite yeah. a
0: bit I, I mean i guess that's your, your hope is that Jaden McDaniel's is just going to start at the four and be good. And i guess they got torian Princeton. so yeah I, sh- I shouldn't say that. i forgot that he was in the in the rubio trade and i also think patrick beverly is going to help them as well to get a little bit better defensively um you know they should get more of a season from malik beasley this year like they have talent on this team i i i'm still concerned about how they're going to defend but i think that they've had they've got the best coaching in there now that they've had in some time.
1: Well, and so if you want to kind of get an, a rough gauge of what what is a 34 win team look like right now and if we go on differential last year, the teams that were closest to that Sacramento and Charlotte. And so can Minnesota be that level of team? Yeah I mean that I think that's I think it's pretty reasonable that's not exactly a super high bar, but it is you know it's better than they've been. I so the challenge what makes this hard for me like I, I think you're I think you're right on balance. if I were to say like pure talent is Minnesota a better team than this? I would say yes but there, there are two big two big things weighing it for me. One is the West is a very strong conference and there are going to be teams that are a little bit more out in the cold. And so are how are they going to do it? It's also really hard for Minnesota to improve in season because they're really, really close to the luxury tax and they're not exactly a buyout destination anyway. So would they give up firsts in a trade? Maybe Garrison Rosas would be desperate and do it, but they, it's kind of a challenging circumstance for them anyway. And then the other one is just that's what they are, you know, full strength or close to it. I think think they are better than this but very few teams end up being that like are they going to have bad injury luck like you know the the what i just said in terms of there are more ways for it to go wrong than right so i'm i'm really torn on this one
0: so after the all-star break which is you know finch got hired on february 22nd and obviously was coming and didn't really have much of a chance to put anything in uh, and, and you know didn't have much practice time but after the all-star break and you're always wary of cherry-picking stats like this but you know minnesota was about around the level that they would be in this overrunner 16 and 20 negative 2.7 net rating that's inflated because they were trying at that point and some teams were not
1: thank you for mentioning that i was going to mention it
0: yeah um but you know basically everyone on this roster should play better i think they're going to get more games out of towns than they did last year but last year they were you know a 26 win team and basically had that exact same point differential though i mean man that's 7 more wins 8 more wins that's a big number Whew. It's tough doing this. I, I'm so used to doing this now, having seen like a bunch of preseason too. But yeah, that's uh, I think I'm gonna do it. I think I'm gonna go for the over with these guys. I, I think that they could be better than Sacramento, better than San Antonio, better than OKC, better than Houston. You know, I, I think that they can be the 11th best team in the Western Conference. And I think they're also gonna be pushing this year as well. They might be close enough to sniff the play in. I'm doing it, Danny. Going over for the Wolves. I-
1: I think it's totally reasonable. And I, you know, this this was one of the cl- closest calls for me. And, and as I said, on talent, I think that the Wolves are better than this. But part of what gives me real pause here is just how few bad teams there are in especially the Western Conference, but also in the East. So like the idea that... I don't think the Wolves are one of the eight best teams in the West. And I think it's actually going to be pretty hard for them to meet that threshold of being like, let's say a 44 win team. Like, I think that might be, you know, I think that's a reasonable standard for what that's going to be. So then it's the, you know, they're battling in the 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, I fully expect them to be there. And it's so gravity is different in that space than it used to be, just because now the play in exists and teams are going to be pushing for it and all that. But it's like, I mean... It's it's a challenge. So i part of it for me. Like I was really torn on this. Is I'm like, well, I'll see what Nate does, and maybe I'll do the opposite. Um, but <laughs> with, with Minnesota,
0: yeah, good, good idea because I, I beat you every year. So going the opposite of me seems, <laughs> it's, uh, seems like a great idea. Good good plan.
1: We'll see. Um, yeah, but I,
0: actually, I, I have very little confidence this year. Yeah, so it's. We'll, we'll... I mean,
1: but it, I I mean it, Minnesota. I like Finch a lot as a coach, and that's actually what gives me the most pause here. And and like, but here here's the other thing. I brought up Sacramento last, last, now Sacramento's offense or defense was way worse than Minnesota's last year just because Sacramento, they were more than a point worse, but like, okay, I brought them up as a proxy. Minnesota, you could say, okay, they were 25th in offense. That's going to be way better. Oh, yeah. I, I brought up Sacramento as the proxy. Sacramento was 11th in offense and had the differential that Minnesota would need to to get here. They did have the worst defense in the league, but like, so a significant improvement offensively for Minnesota still might not be enough if their defense is still bottom five. And I think, there's a chance that it's still bottom five.
0: I got another stat for you here, Danny. Do you like to know what the Wolves net rating was last year with Carl Anthony Towns on the floor? Okay negative 0.1 basically mm. a 500 team with him uh, on the floor and, and he played 1700 minutes in the end but this is kind of a bet uh, on on Carl Anthony Towns being pretty good and uh they also had a 114.6 offensive rating with him on the floor they were negative or they're 12 points worse per 100 possessions with him off the floor offensively and i think he just i think he's going to be able to get back to being a little bit more of the iron man that he was early in his career i th- i am hopeful that he's going to come in in good shape uh, and I think he's going to have a hell of a year and remind people that he's a really, really good basketball player. And so I think some of these other guys are going to take some steps forward. You know, I mean, do I like betting on D'Angelo Russell and maybe to some extent uh, Anthony Edwards? Yeah, you know, but but I think they also have more depth, particularly offensively than they've had in past years. So yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to go over. I can't believe it, but I, like th- these guys are not that bad anymore. Like they're, you know, the like 22nd best team in
1: basketball yeah i i just think of the 22nd best team in basketball we don't disagree on that too much the 22nd best team in basketball often ends up falling a little bit short and yeah i mean the defense is going to be a, a factor there but they I, I just briefly i almost never do this i looked at minnesota's schedule just kind of like oh do they have an easier soft beginning of it and oh, they no. they have they have it's it's middle of the road like they have some soft teams but they also have some good ones but they play they play two games in a row in minnesota against the pelicans in the first week of the season and i feel like that's going to lead to us having an existential Crisis on one of these over-unders that I don't know which one it is.
0: Uh, Let's move on to the Grizz here. 41.5, higher than I had expected now what were they last year 39 33
1: 38 and 34 That's um, right. they were 38 and 34 but they had the differential over an 82 game season of a 42.61 team so a little bit ahead of this over under that was set and last year John ja Morant missed some time he missed nine games Valanciunas missed yeah. about the same it also there.
0: I would say was not right for probably another month after yes, that
1: I would I would agree with that um and Jaron Jackson Jr. barely played last year in terms of total mm-hmm. minutes uh, jerry i mean some might argue that was that helped them some some could argue that he played uh 258 minutes last year um but i thought they didn't get enough from the, their kind of depth guys like i thought that the, they were able to kind of make it work from the starting lineup at i mean their, their defense was still pretty strong last year but i think that i mean they were they were seventh in the league but they also you know they had to deal with the, the bench and everything else so memphis like I, I like Taylor Jenkins as a coach, especially as a regular season coach. I think that they the way that they handled John Morant's absence early last year was something that I that really resonated with me. They were able to make it work. They did lose some some talent that helped them last year. You know, Grayson Allen is yeah. they basically yeah. do,
0: you, do you think just that they have better or, or worse talent than last year?
1: I think that they're worse in terms of talent in, talent out, but not dramatically so. Like I think yeah. that Valentinus to Adams is a downgrade. Um, That's and I the think, one
0: that concerns me, honestly. Yes, like he was very important to their offense,
1: and they had like all these different point guards that kind of went both directions, but it kind of netted the same. Where Tyus Jones is still there, they you know losing Justice Winslow that doesn't mean too much to me. Losing Grayson Allen, basically dumping him to the Bucks. I mean, I like Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton better. So okay, by all means, take that take that card off the t- off out of the deck for for Taylor Jenkins. Unless they have injuries, then that could be a problem. So I would say I would say that, but the, but the kind Of the counter, that's talent in, talent out. Is that this is a very young team? I mean, they're not very young, I should say, because like Anderson and Steven Adams and potentially dylan brooks like you can make an argument that he's getting to the point where maybe each year isn't better than the last but then he won't get worse um so but i mean i, I think jaw still has a lot of ro- like the most important players have room to improve and jaron jackson jr can actually you know play some basketball so they were
0: seventh on defense last year and, and there wasn't one particular aspect that stood out in terms of, of their defense they had forced a bunch of turnovers previously they were they're were kind of lower end of the top 10 in a few of these these four factors but nothing completely insane uh but you know they didn't really benefit from like a ton of shooting luck either way. And you'd say, all right Adams is a little bit better defensively, Valchus, but also I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is bad defensively. Like if he's gonna play the four over Kyle Anderson, like that's a downgrade to me. Kyle Anderson's a really good defensive player. Kyle Anderson could also maybe be a trade candidate if they can't come to an agreement on an extension. He's going into the last year of his contract at this point in time. Um, it does seem like you know they they're gonna push hard towards the end if they're in it, but I don't think they care that much about you know just maximizing every win this year you know maybe that starts next year jaron jackson jr is going to play a lot um is he going to be able to get back to the shooting that he showed his second year because then you know i think their offense could take a big step forward though they also lost Valentinus. i I think is a little bit better than steven adams overall um you know if they were thinking that adams was you know the his equal i think they might have miscalculated there uh certainly uh new orleans didn't see it that way and and Valentinus, you know because adams is not a great finisher valentunas is and so and adams will get some offensive rebounds the same way as Valentinus, but valentunas turns his offensive rebounds into buckets more than i think adams does and so uh john i think will be better you know he's got to improve his shooting uh, any other kind of you know dylan brooks i think he'll shoot it a little bit better than he did last year they're still like a little bit light on shooting at times unless they have jaron going really well i'm this is what i'm torn on to 41 and a half i think i'm gonna hit the under though
1: i'm gonna go over uh i i think that jaw is going to take another step forward i think that having jaron is going to jaron more of the season is going to help their offense more than their defense but they have enough defensive players to to make it work and i think the aging curve generally helps them but not dramatically and you know i i I think i think they're a well-coached team that's something that i fall back on a lot and i think that they they have the incentive to not necessarily push insanely i mean if they're even close to avoiding the play in or getting home courted that i think they would appreciate that even though they made it anyway last time because they beat the warriors at chase center so i i just think they're i think they're better i think that they're they're an over 500 team i think that last year they dealt with all these challenges and they came out of it and to me if you roll the dice again i think they'll have better luck you could argue that they're a little bit worse from a talent in talent out i mean i think they're going to miss valanciunas a lot but you know like like you i'm i'm a little bit torn in this but i think they're better
0: yeah backup point guard still concerns me a little bit here you know some, some but Nate, they understand.
1: traded for 18 point guards oh wait they traded all of them out again or bought them out
0: yeah yeah uh you know De'Anthony melton i'm sure and desmond bain people in memphis will say that those guys just playing more will be an upgrade on what grayson allen gave them
1: Although they, they, can i give you a stray thought is this Please. one of the greatest collections of players who a team acquired but never played a minute for them for them that season like i mean we think about <laughs> beverly and marcus soul and Rondo, to an extent, like there were a lot. They had a lot of uh, guys that went through Eric Bledsoe. I mean, to be a guard-heavy team, but that's Wancho, Wancho uh, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, there th- there have been a lot of teams that have that have waived some guys, um, uh, over the years. But yeah, I mean, th- these are mostly guys who could still play a little bit. You know, they do have depth. I mean, that's yes. O- other than Ja. I think they can kind of get by, you know, they they still got pretty good depth in the front court with Tillman, you know, Brandon Clark had a down year last year. I think he'll bounce back. A lot of this just goes back to Jaron Jackson Jr. Though, like I'm a little worried about him and you know, if if he gets back in the path that he showed his second year and can improve defensively and maybe play some center or or at least play with Clark and kind of, you know, both of them as 4.5s, this could very well go over and he's one of my most intriguing players uh, of this season. And, you know, the whole future of memphis's franchise is gonna be altered, I think, by what he does this season. Also, if they try and play Zaire Williams or Jarrett Culver at all, like that's gonna kill them, but they don't need to play those guys. It'd be interesting to see how many, if any, entitlement minutes they give to Zaire Williams. So I don't feel strongly about this under, but I, I think I am gonna go there. Uh and I also just think that like some of the teams in the East are better this year. So uh that's part of it as well. I think that the just the overall league's gonna be a little bit higher quality this year. Uh they had pretty good health last Last year, other than Jaron, but again, don't feel strongly. Let's move on.
1: Let's move on to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers last year went forty-two and thirty. They had the differential over an eighty-two game season of a forty-eight win team, but they also had significant absences from LeBron James when we played in forty-five games and Anthony Davis when we played in thirty-six. And they missed a lot of time concurrently. A lot of guys out, a lot of guys in. I'm not going to go through all of it because they're not going to do that. And so Vegas thinks they're going to be slightly better than they were last year. 51.5 win team. How do you feel about that?
0: This is one of my best bets for the over. And a big part of that is some of the recent reporting by Jovan Buha that he expects Anthony Davis to start at center, and that to me is going to make this Russell Westbrook thing way more tenable than it would have been playing a, another center. I like their depth more than I did last year. I do expect them to take a little bit of a step back defensively, but now that they have one of the best defensive centers in basketball playing center instead of parading around on the perimeter, and they'll play LeBron at the four. I think they'll probably Ariza. I think is going to start at the three, either he or Baysmore If Ariza. So starts at the three and that's a very good defensive front court westbrook not very good at the one The they'll have to play someone at the two is not going to be too good i don't think uh defensively but i think they're still going to be a, a top 10 i think they'll be top 10 on both ends uh you know ad and lebron are gonna be pretty rusted. uh these guys when they were healthy last year were world beaters and then ad went down and then lebron went down and so unless you're going to bet I, i'm not going to make my bet on the basis of ad and lebron just not playing that many games i think those guys uh, LeBron in particular has largely been healthy throughout his career though he's I know he's had some struggles but those are those are both very acute like collision injuries not kind of wear and tear stuff that he suffered with that groin and then in 2019 and then that high ankle sprain in 2021 yeah he's 37 uh, also I just think the AD is going to play much better this year like, he had a bad year last year even when he, when he was out there in part because they have another center out there I think he's going to go crazy uh, I think Russell Westbrook is going to set him up pretty nicely as well I think they're going to run a lot uh, and I, I just think they're going to be really good I, I, this might even be one of my best bets
1: I've been conflicted on the Lakers a lot I mean but I think the way to distill how I feel about them is that I'm a lot less sold on them as a playoff team than I am as a regular season team and this is entirely a regular season exercise and part of of what makes while I have a lot of criticisms of, of potentially Russell Westbrook's fit with the Lakers as a 16-game team, as an 82-game team, one of the important benefits that he brings is that he raises their offensive floor, particularly when LeBron James is off the floor. And yeah, last year, maybe I, I'm still, <laughs> you know, I don't. I, know I, I mean, it's funny because over, I've like... criticized I've criticized Russ for that in the past, that like in the non-Beal minutes last year. But compared to what the Lakers had, you know, like that was a real a real challenge for them last year. That when LeBron missed time, they couldn't. Really find it and and And, they're
0: also they'll probably play ad and and russ yes i don't i don't think there are really going to be very many russ alone minutes
1: I agree. I think they'll play him a lot, a lot with Anthony Davis, and maybe Kendrick Nunn can take up some of that mantle as well. And and the Lakers have they're not all like elite players, but they have a lot of like minimum guys that I think can be viable rotation players and low-end starters for them, especially because players like Malik Monk aren't going to be asked to do as much because they're not shouldering any of the playmaking burden. You got LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and all that. And they brought Rondo back. They got Dwight Howard. So I was lower on this originally, and I don't think it's it's not gonna be one of my best bets especially because I think the Lakers know that being right for the playoffs is more important than getting the right seed at least in what we'll know like a month ahead maybe in the last week or so they'll they'll maneuver have a clearer idea of where things are but they're still more they're they're talented there and I mean I also Frank Vogel did a lot to convince me that defensively he's got the goods and that I mean last year when Davis was out and Montrez Harrell was their starting center the Lakers still stayed afloat defensively and they did have opponent shooting luck you know opponent shot 36 on threes that was the fourth worst in the league but they also were missing their best defensive player for more than half of the season so i if i'm going to choose which way those two forces are going to go i'm going to choose ad playing more as being more important
0: all right so you're going with the over of i am one and a half as well
1: yes but i'm less enthusiastic about it than you we can move to their brethren for now at staples center the la clippers the clippers Last year, I mean, we could talk last year isn't as relevant, 47 to 25 at the differential of a fifty-seven-one team. However, Kawhi Leonard is going to miss a lot of the season. We don't know if it's going to be all I, I think that the lack of clarity on which kind of ACL surgery he had is to me an indication that he didn't have the good kind. Because if it was the good kind, I think they would have been shouting it from the rooftops.
0: And and, and Law Murray, some of his reporting has been of that tenor as well.
1: Exactly. Although,
0: I mean, the the rooftops, I wouldn't say that because Kawhi is just weird. He doesn't want anything about him getting out from any tenor.
1: So I I think that it's fair to think about the Clippers as being, okay, at least in the regular season, because if Kawhi plays, it will probably be extremely judicious and extremely limited. How are they as a non-Kawhi team or a barely Kawhi team? Team over the course of the season and vegas set the over under at 44.5 and i think this is a very well set line for how good the non-kawaii clippers could be
0: yeah if, if you told me that they were going to be able to put the same group out there that they put in the playoffs that just kicked the shit out of the jazz and they're going to play marcus morris at center all the time like those guys would be and obviously that reggie jackson was going to play the same way then yeah i think that's it's clearly more than a, a 45 win team um They're not going to be as good, obviously, as they were in the playoffs. We still know nothing about Serge Ibaka, you know, and no news is probably generally bad news, at least in his case. You know, I think Zubats is a nice starting center, though. Can they get as much out of Batum as they did last year? And and you know, Morris started the year unhealthy, and that's why Batum actually got that starting opportunity. Terrence Mann is going to play more. That's probably a good thing. I mean, I think their defense can be right about where it was last year um
1: Kawhi yeah, Leonard and, also an overrated regular season defender
0: probably true uh Patrick Beverly didn't play that much for them last year Eric Bledsoe his shooting is a problem which Beverly's is less of a problem though still slightly a problem uh but he'll probably play more you know Bledsoe has actually been pretty healthy the last few years Paul George I mean that's a question you know how what these guys are going to do when Paul George potentially misses games uh you know and he's had these nagging issues with his shoulder and his toe last year um but they got they still have pretty pretty decent depth anyway, I would say even, uh, and particularly if Ibaka comes back, you know, they, they go, you know, small forward. They're a little light, but not too bad. So I, I think I'm going to hit the over on this one. I, I think, uh, you know, Ty Lue is a, a solid coach, maybe not as much in the regular season. Uh, but it, yeah, I guess the other thing that comes to mind, though, too, for me is if there is like a light at the tunnel that Leonard is going to come back, it seems like they would play better than if they know he's not coming back.
1: Yeah, and, and, and the Clippers could also be um, they're a, I wouldn't say they're the best buyout destination just because I, I mean, I guess if Kawhi Leonard, if it looks like he's going to return, then maybe they move up on the list. But they do have minutes to offer for some of these winged type guys but also the Clippers have really good credible depth at the other spots you know at the at the bigs I really like Zubats and Zubots and Ibaka when he's available and you know if they need another backup center okay that's fine and you brought up small forward but I mean we don't know what they can get from Justice Winslow but I think that he could you know if the idea is he can be your fourth forward okay I think that I think that's fine they can get more from Terrence Mann maybe some more from Luke Kennard and I'm I, so I'm going over as well. I, I think I might feel dumb in like February if Paul George has missed some time and they just don't have quite enough. And maybe they're just kind of waiting, waiting. This is a gap year for them. Kawhi signed a long term contract. It's not like they have to do this year to convince him to come back for another two, three years. But I also think Ty is a good coach. And, you know, I, I think that if, you know, you look at what a 45-win team looks like, that's roughly what the COVID, COVID and injured Boston Celtics were last year. That's, you know, that's a little bit worse than what Portland was last year. And I think this Clippers team can be that.
0: <sighs> I'm, I'm wavering a little bit so am I uh, uh because net rating with Kawhi Leonard off the floor last year negative 0.1 um during the regular season they really were only any good when they had both Leonard and George on the floor now they had a billion absences last year like I think this is going to be a more normal year for them but uh, there is I think a concern you know some of these great playoff performances they had like Reggie Jackson in particular uh as as a guy like you know yeah if he's if he's gonna play the way he played in the playoffs sure sign me up for the over is he has he earned the right to really, you know, if they give him the ball as much as they did in the playoffs last year, is he going to perform similarly? Like, do Do I want to count on that? I mean, he was unbelievable in the playoffs. Like, I don't think that means nothing. But also, he was a guy who was on a minimum contract for two years in a row, basically before
1: this. So, so here's the question that I'm grappling with: Let's say the Clippers have a home game against a middle-of-the-road like the Pacers or the Bulls next year? Do you think they win that game? A home game? Yeah, sure. And then if they have a home game against... Let's say like the Dallas Mavericks. Do you think they win that game?
0: Yeah, it's probably a toss-up.
1: Because then, so like, I guess this means it's a good line. Like that's kind of where I was too. It's like, okay, I think they should be able to handle the decent teams when they're healthy or healthy-ish.
0: Ugh. I, I mean, forty-five wins though. In the end, that's probably pretty low. That that's just a low number. Like Paul George is still a really good player. They have good depth. I think their defense. So so here, let, let's break this down. Try one more way to do this. I'd say offensively, you know I'd still maybe have it in the top half of the league. Just barely you know kind of the 12 to 15 range and defensively i think they could be a little bit better than i think they could be kind of the lower end of the top 10 like i I think that's really going to be the question is like how are they going to defend this year i think zubats is an underrated rim protector you know they, they can do some switching they've got some depth um You know, so yeah, I mean, that's. I guess I will go with the over uh, still. Um, Yeah, I think they'll also want to be pushing towards the end, like to avoid the play in. That's going to be another thing too. Is that kind of teams in that forty five win type of range uh, are going to? There's a lot of upward pressure right in that range to avoid the play in.
1: (laughs) So Nate, you want something funny? I was looking for the last team that was low end of the top ten offense or defensively, and then middle of the road offensively. It was the uh, the 1920 Oklahoma City Thunder when Chris Paul was there. And they had the differential of a 46-win team. So this is right in line.
0: Yeah. OK, so we're both over then?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I don't feel great about it. I, But I, I I, think I feel good enough to not switch.
0: Houston Rockets, 25 and a half. And I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this one, at least from my perspective. I'm going under here.
1: I was more conflicted on this before the reporting, which I believe was not reflected in the line we're using from, Sean, from, from The Athletic, that John Wall is not going to play for them this year. Now they'll try to do a trade or something else like that but part of the conflict for me wouldn't have
0: changed things much for me anyway honestly
1: i mean but the rocket yeah exactly and and for me the rocket's He would have changed like he's just a quality player and you replace him with somebody who's worse than John Wall in all likelihood. But for me, it's the organizational pressure is that the Rockets, they have young guys. They have they you know, they have these four first round picks that they're probably going to try to play all four of them meaningful minutes. But then they also have other young dudes, including They have their
0: pick as well, including Kevin
1: Porter. They have their own pick. Like there are all these huge levers that are going in the that are going in the same direction. And that is, you know, like it's these next two years that Houston definitely has their own first round pick. I mean, at least as of now, um, I guess they technically have the right to swap next year with the Nets. They're not going to do that. Um, and so they have these young guys. They maybe they'll try to rehab Eric Gordon's value a little bit. And so they're not trying to be good. And that's even more clear now than it was before. And they, you know, the young guys are generally pretty bad at defense. They were better yeah, before. I have shooting.
0: them as the worst defense in the league.
1: Yeah, they'll definitely be in that conversation. They'll be in the conversation for the worst offense in the league. And so teams like that, teams like that typically lose lose a bunch of games.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're starting with them as the worst defense in the league. And then offensively, I mean, remember, they just couldn't shoot it all last year. And I don't know, you know, if Christian Wood plays a little bit more, maybe that that helps them. On offense, you know, can Kevin Porter Jr., is he going to like actually produce efficiently or is he going to just tantalize a little bit? I'm going to make a slight prediction here. And it's been a long time since I've done this but the last time I did it I, I this was I want to say this was I can't even remember if it was before they had played a game together but I just said it felt like there was something between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons where like it was going to end poorly it just felt that way I don't know from a chemistry standpoint or a an on-court chemistry standpoint but obviously that's been the case you know even though Embiid has like tried to say something nice on Twitter uh you know clearly that relationship doesn't seem too amazing at, at this point in time and, and the on-court relationship wasn't too amazing I don't see Kevin porter jr and jalen green ending well like i don't i don't see a future And maybe i'll be wrong about this but i just think kpg is is too volatile and too ball dominant I don't think that he and Jalen green are going to play well together uh you know i think Jalen green is b- going to be better than him he's going to need to have the ball more kpj doesn't seem to like be particularly stable uh, as well so uh but for right now those two guys apparently are going to start in the backcourt and they feel so strong about it. they don't even want john wall playing at all because they want the kevin porter jr to be given the keys to the franchise and it's just going to be, i think it's going to be a little weird when like kevin porter jr is maybe taking more shots this year than, than Jalen green but that that's an aside that doesn't really have much to do with their over under this year but you know i don't think that kpg or green is going to be able to be particularly efficient i don't see eric gordon playing much for this team uh he'll probably get moved daniel house is probably gonna get moved shit daniel tice might even get moved um or they're
1: or Christian Wood, depending.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, Wood that that could be interesting too. uh Will be extension eligible next off season, but maybe looking for a bigger deal than the max extension that they can offer him. There's going to be a lot of people trying to get theirs on this team, and they don't really have anyone who can make a shot. Like they didn't fix that particularly either. So I think they're going to be you know a pretty bad three point shooting team uh, again. They just don't have any real like spot up players. Like they have guys who can shoot threes, but no one who you're going to throw it to. And you're like, oh, that's a. Bucket, right so you know I, I mean unless you're talking about dj augustin it is probably their best shooter at this point in time
1: and one other point I like to think about this sometimes with young teams is like, there are a lot of ways for this rocket season to be successful by their standards where they win 25 or fewer games. And yeah. you know, Jalen green, like Jalen green could look like he will be a good future player without helping the rockets win games right now. It could be the same story with Christopher and Garuba and yeah. Shane. And, and I think
0: green will look, you know, he's, I think he's going to have a better season than say Anthony Edwards did last year. I, I,
1: but, I am hopeful that that is also the case.
0: Yeah. But Anthony Edwards also had a lot more talent around him uh, by the end of the year than, than yeah. what this Houston team is going to have so you know if everyone stays healthy maybe they could go over uh but you know starting with the worst defense in the league um it doesn't really seem like a a great place to begin for for an over um and yeah, you know, I think it's going to be down between them and, and OKC for the worst team in the league.
1: Let's move to the Golden State Warriors. They had in they had a challenging season. Klay Thompson missed the whole year again and they were 39 and 33, had the differential of a 42 win team. We don't exactly know the return timing for him. They also lost, you know, Kelly Oubre and some other stuff. Over under set at 48.5. <sighs>
0: well, Clay, I mean, it seems like the earliest he could possibly debut is Christmas. Steph Curry, I think it would be impossible for him to be better than he was last year, both in terms of quality and, you know, he's missing 10 games, which is about what he did, is the absolute best you can hope for. Now, one thing that I think is going to be good is that they're going to play Draymond Green at center more. It seems like they have just, in terms of their roster construction, they've kind of just leaned into that. And, you know, I think they had like a 121 offensive rating when Draymond Green played center and Steph played. uh, And that's even without Klay Thompson. But I'm a little bit worried still about what happens with Steph off the floor as uh, a big surprise there, right? Uh, And and then...
1: Particularly in the early stretch when Clay is out, because I think Jordan Poole might be starting and then eventually playing the non-Curry minutes, but he might not be doing that at the beginning.
0: And, you know, I also... I I don't really like any of their bigs other than Draymond. Uh, You know, when, when... how if he you know unless they're playing with like bielita or something you know they are still I, I still predict that james wise is probably gonna start at center for these guys i don't think they want to start kavon looney you know Draymond and looney together i mean that is really a struggle offensively now if pool starts at the two and you have steph and Poole, then maybe you can get away with that a little bit more um you know, I think they have kind of enough outs in terms of role players with Igudala and Otto Porter, but I'm also wondering like how much Jonathan Kaminga is going to play if he plays, he's, I mean, they're going to want to play him some, like, it, I think a lot of this comes down to, you know, how much are Wiseman and Kaminga going to play? I think those guys are going to still not really help them very much. And then there's also the Curry health. So I'm right on the border on this one. I think uh, I'm leaning towards the under. Um,
1: I'm I'm an under here. Um, I I think that if this is the type of line that if Clay Thompson were healthy to start the year, I think would be reasonable. But they just, they're going to have to cobble things together. And the Warriors don't have a lot of capable replacements for when their best players miss time. And it is reasonable to expect their best players to miss at least a little bit of time. I mean, Clay's going to start the year missing time. Curry and Draymond each miss nine games Last year, I think that is a you know it might end up being more than that for one or both of those guys, and they don't really have capable replacements. And like, well, why the minutes with Wiseman last year were challenging. He played in 39 games and played 21 minutes a game. So was it like they had a lot of other things going on as well? And they have some durable players. I mean, Andrew Wiggins generally plays a whole lot, um, but. I I just don't think they have enough places to turn. I also, I I think that they'll have a more cogent, you know, like they'll be, they have more guys that can fit their offensive scheme and can move the ball and all that. But I think they just have less talent, like, you know, losing Oubre and replacing him with the whoever's healthy of Porter and Bielitsa and Iguodala, like that'll work some nights and it won't others. So I, I think they can go over this. Like, I don't think this is like, it's not one of my best bets or or anything like that. But do I see a fifth, do I see a like, oh yeah, the like the Warriors can win not only like 50 games, like 52, 53. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot to ask in a very talented conference. And they're, I, 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 just, I think they're going to go under. I don't think they're going to go dramatically under. I think they're, they're still going to make the playoff. I think they're going to be one of the top eight. But there's, I think there's some room.
0: If you penciled in stuff Steph- Curry to do exactly what he did last year. I think I would I would pick the over
1: here. In terms of both games played and quality of game of time played. Right. I agree. Yeah. And now I think
0: they can still be very dangerous in the playoffs, but remember, you know, they were under 500. They were they did uh not play well in the games that stuff missed. And the reason that they made it to what eventually is the equivalent of a 44 win team in terms of wins, 42 in terms of point differential, they had some incredible blowouts uh, of them uh, that they're on the receiving end of is that they went, you know, 8 rotation for a solid month and a half and like 2025 20, games and they were totally worn out by the end of that but that's they were kicking ass during that period but because they were just going like absolute balls to the wall like it took that and again also during a time period when some teams were tanking at the end of the year it took that you know closing the year with six straight wins to get to that point now they beat pretty good teams like they almost beat the lakers who had all their guys in that play-in they beat the jazz and phoenix both of whom were trying to win other the jazz didn't have all their guys in that game so like this is a team that I definitely think can beat anybody on a given night and I think their depth is a little bit better than last year although you know what's what you're going to get out of Iguodala and out Porter I don't know and I mean are they going to play Draymond Green at center because I mean they have all these wings now especially when Clay comes back like are they going to play Draymond at center 25 minutes a game like if they're if you're telling me they're going to do that and he's going to hold up like I think this is a 50 win or more quality of team but I think they're going to just kind of have some struggles and, and i'm also like a believer in what pool did last year like i think having a full season of him is going to help i don't think their bench offense is going to be as shitty as it was last year due to having him there and then maybe clay as well towards the end of the year um it's just i i i'm not sure that Steph and draymond can play the way that they played last year and the amount that they played last year so i think that's why i'm going to go with the under ultimately but i mean they are going to be trying they are going to be trying to avoid the play in as well towards the end we don't know what clay's going to look like like how many wins is he gonna to add but i'm just I, I can't say that the moves that they made and clay coming back like that that's going to make them seven wins better than they were last year
1: agreed uh let's let's go to the denver nuggets the nuggets last year went 47 and 25 they had the differential over an 82 game season of a 54 win season a 50 win team unfortunately they are going to be without as they were for the end of last year they're going to be without jamal murray for an extended period as he's recovering from a torn acl yeah
0: april 4th is when he tore it last year
1: yeah so So that's, you know, whether, I mean, sometimes as early as 10 months, but typically it can be like a year. So he's going to miss a lot of the regular season. Uh, The Nuggets didn't change over their roster that dramatically. They... JaVale who they got at the deadline he's gone and then they functionally I would say they swapped Paul Millsap for Jeff Green um, which is interesting because they also swapped teams uh,
0: I'm not sure that's an upgrade by the way
1: I'm not sure it is either um, even and, though so,
0: Green got the bigger contract
1: and especially because now the De- Denver's front court rotation gets all weird because I guess Jermichael J- Green is their backup center and Jokic yeah. never misses time so like you don't have to worry about that in terms of like oh well what how, what happens when you need to replace Jokic like Jokic is incredibly durable Um, they also extended Aaron Gordon which means he has a little bit more confidence in it and i think personally 47.5 is an extremely well set line the nuggets are the other team that has a persistent home court advantage they should get more from will barton than they did last year barton played in 56 games i guess he, he he had challenges in the playoffs too um growth from michael porter jr who just because he's young um they have I mean, I I think that they they can potentially they can try to solve some of the guard depth issues that that persisted after after Jamal Murray went down and Jokic can handle a lot of the playmaking burden. So I'm really torn on this one. This is one of the hardest calls for me on the entire board. I think I'm going
0: to go with the over because I just think their offense is going to be really good particularly in the regular season like they're just teams cannot deal with Nicole Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. had a rough first half of the year I think he's going to come on and play pretty well for them in the regular season you know they also had a ton of other injuries last year you know everyone did obviously I'm not really necessarily going to price in Jamal Murray coming back like I mean that's just a hell of an ass for him to come back from a torn ACL and like go right into the playoffs but you know maybe he comes back after 11 months at like the start of March and they try to ramp him up and and, uh but I still think this team is gonna be if not a top five offense like very close to it and I don't think they'll be as good defensively this year They've, they've done that with smoke and mirrors for a number of years they were 11th on cleaning the glass defensively last year I think they're gonna be more in the you know lower teens but I think because of where they're gonna be on offense uh that Jokic is just so consistent he never gets hurt he plays every game he plays a lot of minutes he's just too good I think in the regular season and teams can't do with him supposedly he's in like even better shape than he was now uh for people who've seen him I'll go with a tentative over here uh, just because I I think Nicole Jokic is just that good
1: yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go over as well and it's because not only because of how good Jokic is but that durability that you mentioned and so yeah this team would have huge problems offensively if Jokic were to miss any time and it's of course possible but he has been so remarkably durable you know he's 80 80 games, then 73 in a COVID-shortened season, then 72 in a COVID-shortened season. Like, that's pretty incredible. And playing significant minutes, as you said. And... Mike Malone is a is a good coach I think he's going to be able to make some of this work defensively and I am worried when while Murray is out in the non the non-Jokic minutes like can they cobble it together but I also think that if they can now with Compazzo and with Will Barton and maybe if, if he plays well enough Bones Highland some of these other guys I think they can they can cobble together enough to make it to make it work and 48 wins is a pretty high bar like that's there are good teams that don't get that but the Nuggets the Nuggets are I I th- I don't feel confident in this one but i do think i i'm i would feel i think i would feel worse like i some of the one of the things i do in these circumstances i game it out like okay we flash forward to march do i think that if i go under or over that i'm going to be feeling worse about myself and i think it's if i went under so i'll go over
0: yeah i agree i actually had one more question i want to ask you on golden state that i have my notes here that i skipped over what do you see them ranking offensively and defense
1: interesting so uh defensively i think they have they have plenty of talent they were fifth last year and I I, my instinct is five might be a little bit rich but I think they'll be top 10.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't see a great, I see Miami and Milwaukee as like kind of the two best defenses. Although even Milwaukee without PJ Tucker might be a little bit worse. Um, and then, you know, I've got like Utah, Golden State, New York, Philly, Boston, Lakers as kind of that next group. And I think I would put the I, I think the
1: there. Spurs might be in there for the record.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Spurs might be in there. Toronto might be in there. Memphis might be in there as well. Um, you know, that gets down to 11 teams now that, that I've mentioned so you know i think they could make it into the top five again uh depends again what they get out of draymond right i mean in the games when draymond is healthy and playing a lot of center and Steph is healthy you know i think that's a 50 win type of team it's just uh how good can they continue to be at their ages and how many games can they play and how many minutes can they play and and how many minutes can they play in all out mode really you know trying to win games the the best way that they can which is playing small um all right but let's uh denver we both went over Let's finish up here with Dallas, and this was my thought on Dallas. Their line is?
1: 47 and a half, and last year, the Mavericks went 42 and 30. They had the differential of a 47-win team over 82 games, and they changed their head coach. They went from Rick Carlisle to Jason Kidd, and in terms of health, like Luka didn't miss much time, but Porzingis missed a ton of time. They uh, Richardson missed some, and they basically swapped him for Reggie Bullock. Kleba missed a bunch of time, so again i think you know to this to me there are a lot of parallels between this line and the new orleans line where it's like i think there are lots of reasons to think that the under might hit like that it might not be as as rosy a circumstance that thing to work out but what would make it go over is the is improvement and superlative play of their young star
0: everything about this makes me think over except for one thing
1: jason
0: kid now they didn't really defend incredibly well last year i think the offense will kind of take care of itself i think they are, they'll at least run a little bit more like that is something that they could do more of that might help boost their offense like it, luca is i think pretty much unfuck upable for jason Kidd on offense but just could their defense just fall off so much under jason kidd and you know are we going to see a lot of like porzingis at four is, is i still like this personnel it's not like it doesn't seem like there are that many ways for things to kind of go wrong you know unless you know if kid is like oh we need more backcourt defense so he plays like frank milikina a lot or something you know you could maybe see him doing something like that or just you know really jacking around the, the rotation um i could also see kid just like burying maxi klipa who i think is a really really valuable and important player for them and just playing you know th- their traditional centers more next to porzingis hopefully that won't be the case you know, i mean is he going to try and like post up porzingis more like maybe he could
1: do that so i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree with you in one fundamental way i don't think i don't think that this would be a definite over even if jason kidd or somebody else were the coach because so I don't, if rick carlisle were there you would i don't just go i don't over? think this is i i don't think of this as like you know the uh, like a clear-cut 50 win team like a their, their defense to me isn't good enough their offense is going to be unbelievable but i don't see them having this great personnel and they got just unlucky in terms of opponent shooting by the way they they did not particularly they were um opponents were actually they were a little favorable in terms of opponent three-point shooting um and then you kind of the other the other of the four factors they don't they didn't force a lot of turnovers maybe they do that at the expense of some of the other stuff they're not great at rebounding i don't think that's going to change they foul a little bit too much so it's like I think that their defense is going to be is is going to struggle again and they'll be great offensively and maybe they'll even be greater. Um
0: yeah. And they're only eighth on offense last year.
1: Yeah. And so that's that,
0: very disappointing to me.
1: A, a slight improvement there could be um a slight improvement there could make more of a difference yeah. than as slight... I mean they
0: they really just as a team struggled to shoot the ball from three last year.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm under here um, and I think I'm more more confident in it than than you are in in either direction just because I mean and the other part of it like doing them right after the Denver Nuggets is that Luka Luka is a great player I trust that he will be fully available a little bit less than I do with Jokic just because Jokic has more of a track record with it and if he misses 10 games then I think they're pretty screwed in those 10 games because this is still an incredibly heliocentric team and like I think I I don't I think they are pretty close to unfuckable fuck-upable when Luca plays on offense but defensively part of what bothered me the most about Jason Kidd was that he didn't do a good job adjusting his scheme to his personnel and their defense that's a real problem for them like if they try to do something switchy for some reason like the supplemental rim protection and everything else and as you brought up the idea that if he plays the wrong guys like there are ways to play the wrong guys in this team and have it not work
0: yeah I just think Luca is too good I think Porzingis is going to be better than last year like he can't possibly be as bad as he was defensively. he started showing a few signs in that Clippers series and I do think will be a better coach than he was in Milwaukee. I'm going to go with the over.
1: And... For now, we have our third disagreement. But now, before we before we kind of do the big picture stuff, you need to make your decision on the Oklahoma City Thunder.
0: 22 and a half, man. So I was kind of thinking this. I mean, if you just look at what some of these lines are, right? Like the highest, there's only two teams that have over 51 and a half, which is Brooklyn. That's it. Brooklyn is the only one that's... Oh, uh,
1: Brooklyn. And w- Milwaukee.
0: Yeah. So, and you've got OKC, Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, Orlando all projected to lose more games than the best team is going to win at least by this uh by this method that's interesting to me is are those extra wins just going to come from teams that are kind of in the middle you know teams fighting for the play-in teams fighting to avoid the play-in is that where those extra wins come from do those wins come from the good teams just being better you know getting closer to 60 wins than we think i i'm more inclined to think the latter although again you know this whole play-in thing is going to be getting an understanding for what that does over a full season is going to be fascinating. Um, or you might say that these bad teams aren't going to be as bad as they're being predicted to. I don't think that's the case i think these teams are gonna be bad um god i mean 22 and a half though that is a hell of a line they get to 23 and 59 it's over yeah i'm gonna do it danny i'm going over we're we're gonna disagree
1: and that becomes our to
0: to be clear by the way i don't feel nearly as strong about this as i did last year when okc under was one of my best bets. (laughs) yeah that's true but now we must do uh, our best bets uh give me your first best bet here
1: I don't know if I've done this before I'd have to I have to look back but my first bet is the is going over the highest number on the board, and that is the Brooklyn over I, I think that yeah. they are they're just too good a team and even if two of the three are healthy at a given time I think they're going to beat almost everybody The defense will be good enough to cobble it through I think they're going to have one of the best offenses in NBA history I think I, and I think a team this good is going to win 55 or more games
0: this is going to be in one of mine I don't know if it's going to be my number one however
1: not that we used to order these and it mattered more but it is still good to do it it's a good it for memory in our for for remembering this six months from now when we've forgotten how confident we were in different ones
0: oh man i've got a few i'm toying with here give me the houston rockets under 25 and a half
1: that's actually my number two okay I just realized it. <laughs> I put everything in the wrong column. Yeah, Houston. Houston's under, and it is a little bit of a version of dirty, just because this has moved since since the line was made. But, I mean, I would Oh, I've has been, it?
0: What is, what is it now? No,
1: no, I mean, I'm saying it should have, because of the John Wall news. Like, I, that seems like something that might have... No, I haven't seen it move anywhere, to, to clarify. Oh, okay. um, I've been keeping a close eye on it. But, like, I was under even before that happened. So, it just made me more confident in it.
0: Okay, so that's your second uh, as well. Huh. I like the Lakers over. 51
1: and a half. Nice. And that is I like that you picked that because that is not when I'm picking for a best bet. I, yeah. I I picked the over along with you, but I, I'm not picky. I mean, they have their defense should be good. The offense should be good enough. Like one of the things that you and I, I think overall like when you that's actually a good big picture thing we can talk about briefly as I'm thinking about it when you look at it. OK, so there were I believe there were six or seven NBA teams that had an over under set at 50 wins or above. You and I picked the over on every single one of them except for the Philadelphia 76 be partially because of the uncertainty within that organization and i think part of what we're betting on is that the best are still the best
0: yeah so yeah that's that, really interesting that's that's definitely interesting yeah i mean phoenix is another one that i probably i'd say phoenix maybe is the other one that i'm least confident on in those uh those over 50 win teams okay okay so my, my turn well here it's, it's my turn here I, I'll, I'll go first this time um it's very interesting that some of the ones that I like the most this year are overs. I only have one other under that I'm considering.
1: And I feel, like you, should, I I feel like you should, I feel like you should probably have to pick that one for the record. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, as
0: we started to go through the analysis, I, part of the theory for the Bulls of why I thought they're going to be terrible. I backed off that a little bit because I didn't think that their bench defense would be as terrible as their, and also we thought marketing would be back at that point too. Then they traded him for Darchun Jr. Uh, I don't think their bench defense it's going to be as terrible as uh, their starting defense and so that might uh, lead to them overall being a little better on defense than i thought and not just like, you know, a guaranteed bottom 5 defense was kind of how i was thinking of them at first before i really went through it. But i'm going to change up here and give you the Washington Wizards over 33 and a half.
1: Nice. Uh that was one that i seriously considered. I think that they'll be better than this, but the potential of Bradley Beal things going off off the rails. It's a good one. It's one that I seriously consider for my top five. It ends up not making it in, but I'm going with kind of a, you could call it a similar one conceptually. And that's the San Antonio Spurs over where I just, I just think they're they're better than this line. I think they're, they're a low mid thirties team and I don't see them as a mid twenties team. So I'm, that's one of my best bets.
0: All right. How about? Yeah, I guess I guess I got to get that Brooklyn over. I felt pretty good about that one. Let me get that one in there for for my
1: fourth. What's your fourth? Utah's over. That's another yeah. you know, in a good team home court advantage had some time missed due to injury last year Gobert has been pretty durable too so his so the defense should be able to hold together
0: so here's what i'm considering on my I, I usually won't say this but i'll, I'll throw out who I, what i'm still considering utah over would be another one for me san antonio over would be another one for me and danny there's one other dare i say it given our impeccable record of picking the under for this team every single year i'm considering the new york knicks over 41 and a half right now
1: well if That's this affects lot. your if this affects your decision i'm picking the knicks over as my fifth <laughs> So now I'm there. If you want me to face the face, the brunt of that, if it goes under, I can, I can handle it myself, but you make your own decision. That was, no, that let's, was, let's, I was between let's, that and Portland's over. Those were the two that I was. Concerned oh about. yeah.
0: Let's, uh, let's do it together. Danny, let us, let us cast our lot with the New York Knickerbockers.
1: Actually, you know what? No, I'm sorry.
0: I got to do the Utah over that. That one's way better. Sorry, dude. <laughs>
1: That's fine. Right. I'll be, you I'll, I'll be, I'll be there on my lonesome.
0: So, all right. Last topic here. What are our disagreements?
1: Orlando, twenty-three and a half. You went over and I went under. This okay. is from the first pod. Toronto. My
0: yeah. thinking there, by the way, was that I thought their defense would just be respectable enough.
1: Um the Toronto Raptors, thirty-six and a half, you went under and I went over. I believe in their yeah, personnel and their coach.
0: Yeah, and, and their thinking there was they might go over, they might go under, but they're not going to be around this number. And I thought Siakam being out at the start of the year potentially and playing a lot of Scotty Barnes and just that their offense would probably be pretty bad. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, that, I didn't feel amazingly strong about either Orlando or Toronto.
1: First disagreement in the West, alphabetically, the Dallas Mavericks, you went over, I went under. We already talked about that at length. Um, Memphis Grizzlies, 41 and a half. I went over, you went under. Minnesota Timberwolves, thirty-three and a half. I went over, you are sorry. I went under, you went over. And
0: I, I, I mean, the Knicks, I can't believe I'm like counting on the Knicks and the Wolves this year. <laughs> Well, maybe I've just lost my fastball and <laughs> I should retire.
1: And then the Oklahoma City Thunder, in a reversal of last year, you are going over and I am going under. Thunder under baby.
0: I'm thinking about changing it again. <laughs> hold on let me just take one more look at their roster yeah i mean they they have two players on their team Shay, shea and lou Dort, that's basically it oh god
1: it's such a low number nate they can have a bad year and still go over this i, mean,
0: I think i think josh josh giddy is gonna be so awful though um I, it, whatever I, mean, I, I just like but i can't the problem is all right i'll go with over but you're not allowed to shit talk me about it because like, I don't believe in this. I, I like this is this is not me. Like, I'm not putting my reputation out uh, on this one. Like, I can't I can't believe in this. If it was be like, I'll tell you this. If it was 23, I would say under 20. If it's 23 and a half, I would say under for sure. But
1: all I all I will remember is what is in the sheet. That is all I promise. All
0: right. I'm switching. I'm switching it back to the under. Fine. I'll remember There's, that this, it's in the sheet. This roster, this roster. No, it's fine. This roster is just so bad. I'm going back to the under. I, I just I, I looked at it one more time time and i'm just like i can't it's one of those things where you're just like i can't fucking believe in these guys like there's just no way like they're just not gonna be good at anything like they're, they're gonna be a bottom five offense and defense like it, it they might get lucky and, and also they were a 15 win team last year by point differential and they're gonna be worse this year i think
1: they'll have more shea probably
0: but yeah
1: i think yeah on collective time. <sighs>
0: okay we we are done here uh this was hopefully very enjoyable for everyone I, I enjoyed it at least now i may not enjoy it as much at the end of the year also thunder under just is such a such a beautiful rhyme isn't it and, and and i want us to experience that joy together this year uh and also by the way the epic tank off between houston and okc this year it was pretty legendary last year i think it, this year it's going to be even more ridiculous all right we will talk to y'all later this week on Don't prime might even and start getting back to like three, four episodes a week here. We're going to start ramping up on the team previews. This will be the last time you hear Danny for a while. And I will be talking to you later this week, though, or in a week uh, on the free pod. Till then. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period.